Hi, and welcome to Quest, a vineyard church where we strive to live life as friends with faith through knowing God, loving others, and making a difference. If you're new, there will be information at the end of this podcast to help you plug in at Quest both in person and online. Now, let's dive into this week's teaching. Tell you what, it really was a fantastic week with, uh, with so many kids showing up. We have so many families who actually gear their vacations around Vacation Bible School and uh, refuse to leave until afterwards. So uh, I also got a story, a couple, couple stories this last week that loved, I loved. We had a bunch of uh, our kids invite their friends who don't go to church, and they came. And I heard several stories. One of them was the kid went home and went to and basically said, can I be part of your family? Because I want to go to church on a regular basis. It was so much fun and so meaningful to them. And we had stories like that left and right. So kids, great job. So kids, hey, so since so many of your friends left on vacation, I need those of you that are here to be really loud in just a moment. I'm giving you permission to yell. Okay, because I'm going to talk about what you learned. You guys remember what you yelled whenever we talked about what you learned and what you did, the action with it? Can you do both of those? Can you stand up and do that? So we learned some really important lessons this last week. We learned that God has the power to provide. Yeah. And our scripture verse is 2 Corinthians 9, 8 on that, that God loves us enough to generously provide all we need. And then we learned on another night that God has the power to comfort. Yeah, and he comforts us in all of our troubles, the scripture says, so that what? So that we can just feel good ourselves? Well, yeah, he wants us to feel good ourselves, but he also says that he wants us to comfort other people. That's 2 Corinthians 1.4. We learn the next night that God has the power to heal. Good job, good job yelling it out and doing the action. And we had uh, Sharon share a story that night about how her brother had a traumatic brain injury was in a coma, and the doctors were uncertain whether he would survive, and they were certain that if he did survive, he would be uh, have major speech problems and probably major motor skill problems, and he walked out of the hospital completely healed 30 days later. God answers prayer to heal people, right? We also learned that God has the power to forgive. Good job. A little bit weaker. Come on, you got to be stronger on this, kids. That God has the power to forgive, and I tell you what, that was one of my favorite nights. I was in on the uh, in on the story time, and they had this interaction around the forgiveness around the cross, and it was amazing to watch kids up, kids go up to the cross and interact, and just around the idea of them receiving forgiveness. It was one of the most powerful, beautiful moments I've ever seen with kids. It was a tremendous, tremendous evening. And the last one, kids, was what? God has the power to love us forever. Hold on. Yeah. And isn't that an especially hard one for all of us? Adults, it's hard for us, isn't it, as well? Because when we fail, when we do something embarrassing, when we sin, when we hurt ourselves or hurt another person, we're so easily tempted to uh, begin to think and feel like God could not love us in this moment. And so instead, we start to act like God is distant, don't we? We act like we're in a timeout and God's distant from us. Or we, or we act like we have to earn back God's love by being extra, extra good. But the truth is that God is pursuing us always, wanting us to come to him always, to be held, to be loved on, to be cared for. He wants us to turn to him at all times. You know, this idea of holding on is an interesting concept. Uh, there's two images that I think really... 
uh, describe this idea of holding on well. And one actually was, uh, you could see it in the kids this last week, they played this game called Blob Tag. And what it was was all the kids were paired up with a buddy and they had to hold hands. And then one of the pairs was it. And whenever they tag somebody, those people would also become part of the it line. So the it line grew from two to four to six to eight to ten people. So adults, you can imagine what that looked like, right? When it got to about ten people. And kids, you remember that one person was holding and turning the whole line in the middle. And the person on the outside was flying at twice the speed that they normally fly, just holding on with great desperation, just trying to not lose grip, not lose control, not fly and fall and hurt themselves. And, and a lot of times we live life holding on like that, don't we? In all the busyness and all the stress that's going on in our life, we tend to, with all the demands and the expectations of relationships around us, we find ourselves running twice as fast as our little legs can go. And we live life feeling like we're on the edge of being out of control, feeling like we're on the edge of being overwhelmed and fearful we're going to lose grip and things are going to fall apart. That's one image of how we live life holding on. But there's another image. It's not quite so fearful. It's, a, it's not so stressed. It's not the end of the human whip type of an image that we just described. It's this image of determination to hold on to the things that are most dear to us, refusing to be overrun by the stress and the pace and the pressure of life. And the beauty of what the kids learned this last week is that holding on to these principles, it's important to hold on to the principles, the ideas. Yes, it certainly is to to trust that God has the power to provide. Come on, to trust that God has the power to forgive and, and to trust that God has the power to love us always. But do you see what the kids are doing and the adults are doing in the way they're talking about holding on? It's not just this holding on to the principles. It's the idea that we hug someone, that we hold on to someone. Because none of us in our life have the ability, have the power in our of ourselves to understand how to constantly stay focused on the right things in life, do we? We don't have the power in ourselves to always keep the priorities right. There are too many hills to climb, too many expectations that we have of ourselves, that others have of us, that even those who are close, who love us most, they have expectations of us. And we can so easily get caught up in just running like crazy and busy trying to figure life out. And we never have time in the whipping around that life gives us. We need to hold on to Jesus. We need to hold on to the sense of the Holy Spirit leading us and teaching us all things, leading us into all truth, into an abundant life that he wants us to have. We got done last week with a series on prayer, and I invited all of you to a summer of prayer, focusing on learning better how to communicate and understand the presence of God and be aware and be led by the Holy Spirit in all things. But there's another dream I think all of us have for summer, and that's just this this idea that summer is a time to catch your breath your breath it's it's a summer break right and 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 we have a dream of having vacation time extra days off creating memories with family and we also usually approach summer with this ideal dream that we want to refocus on priority priorities that are more important in our life before the fall pace hits again don't we but that's really difficult for all of us because most of us live without margin Most of us live pressed by our culture into this precipice of a marginless life without adequate time, without adequate emotional energy, without adequate um, finances to be able to think through and pause and take a break 
to really look at what's important in our life. Oh, oh, we make it through the day all right, right? We make it through the day because we're hardworking, because we're successful. But too many of our days are lived by the end of the day. We just come home and we collapse into the couch with no more energy, no more emotional or physical energy to do anything in life. And yet sometimes in those moments when we collapse in the couch, we, we think about the things that we go, I wish I had more time to spend on this because I'm missing this really important thing in life. I'm not paying attention to it. But, but in those moments, we don't even have enough energy to hardly think about that, much less have the energy and the emotion, emotional and physical to make a plan and implement some change in our life. We live a marginless life because our culture pushes us to that. Our culture expects us to not just oftentimes live at 100% of capacity, but our culture expects 120% of capacity for us. And when we operate at that pace on a regular basis, it doesn't bring success. It brings a death to the fullness of the relationships that we want, to the peace that we want to live by. And it creates physical problems. We end up being overweight. We end up having stress headaches. We end up having all sorts of physical issues. And the idea is that God does not want us to live a marginless life. The Bible is replete with wise instruction that gives us the kind of margin in life to always be able to retack and refocus on the really important things in life. But there's pressure There's so much pressure for us to not have that margin. I mean, we get it from a very early age, don't we? We get it in our coaches. We hear it in our bosses' pep talks. They all say what? They say, I want you to give 110% because that's what champions do. And we learn those kinds of messages early on. And, And then sometimes even when we choose healthy things, people around us put negative pressure on us, and we find ourselves feeling guilty for making a healthy choice, for taking a break, for creating margin in us. There's a, a story that I think illustrates that really well. It's a simple story from my, my oldest son's life. Uh, many of you remember that we lived in Eugene, Oregon for 11 years before coming here. And, uh, in fact, it's been almost six years to the day that we landed in, 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 or in Columbus here, and we are so glad that God brought us here. I'm so grateful to do life with you guys. Um, but... There was a really interesting thing that happened between our transition from there to here. Eugene is nicknamed Tracktown, uh, USA, probably because it has more Olympic-bound or Olympic-hopeful athletes training for track stuff per capita than almost any, any place else in the nation. One of the benefits of that is that uh, my son's high school track coach and uh, trainer for soccer was a guy who made most of his living doing private coaching of people headed to the Olympics. And so he had some really great training. And one of the habits that they instructed the, all of the soccer players to do, whenever the whistle blew and you didn't have to be running to get positioning, you were to do this and you were to walk like this. Why? Because it opens up your chest, it makes deeper, easier breaths better, and you replenish your oxygen a whole lot faster. So they just developed this habit. Whenever they didn't need to be running, they were walking around on the field like this, replenishing themselves. Well, we moved here, and the first coach, one of the first coaches my son had, he kept doing that habit. And it took us about four to five games for me to realize that every time he did this, he got subbed out within about 30 seconds or a minute. And we realized that the coach thought... He was just out of shape and tired because what do we oftentimes naturally do when we're winded? We do stuff like this because we know it opens up our body and, like, and, and is healthy for us. Unfortunately, the coach couldn't get that concept, and so at some point I actually had to tell Derek, you need to stop that healthy habit if you want more playing time. And he stopped it, and he got more playing time. 
See, that's an illustration for all of us. Some of us begin these habits of creating space in our life and our work pressure or our home pressure or the expectations of others forces us to sometimes even get rid of healthy habits that we know we should do. You see, we're talking about we want to build in these these times of replenishing. We want to give ourselves room to breathe. But the expectations of others too often make us feel guilty or pressure to not even do those things. And sometimes the the pressure isn't even other people. Sometimes it's just us. Because maybe you're a mom and you decide I'm going to take a break during the day. And the first thing that plays in your mind as far as a thought is maybe your mom or your grandma saying moms don't get breaks. Or maybe you decide to take a break to just replenish yourself for a few minutes at work and you hear that mentor you really looked up to in business who said to you, you know what, unless you're willing to be the first one here and the last one gone and the hardest, most focused worker all throughout the day, you're not willing to pay the price of success. And we have these tapes running us. These messages push us to a marginless life. Our next series, starting in two weeks, is going to be a series called Room to Breathe that we're going to focus on for the rest of this summer. And it has a key verse that we're going to focus on as the core verse of the series. It comes from Deuteronomy 30.19. And in the context of this passage, uh, the, the, the writer, uh, God, is actually speaking to his people and giving them two choices. And he's illustrating how one choice can lead to abundant life with great uh, prosperity in our relationships, and our health, in our business, in our nation. And he's given us other choices that lead to death and stress and meaninglessness. And God sums up this context with this verse. He says, this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you, but I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God and listen to his voice and hold fast or hold on to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land. He swore to give us your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Put that in common language. What he's promising there is he's going to give you the kind of good, long-lasting, healthy, beautiful life that you always hope for if we can choose Life, if we can choose the margin that he gives us and hold on to him. At the end of the service that we're going to have over on one of the tables, some invitation cards for our next series. And I just want to encourage you to take them and invite your friends to come this because we're going to be talking about how we regain margin, how we hold on to balance in our life so that we stay focused on the things that we all know are the most important things in life that we really want to have in life. And we're going to talk extensively from the Bible's wisdom on this and what the Bible teaches about us because it talks about it a lot. But we're also going to involve some of the best and illustrate it with some of the best of science and the best of psychology and current medical research that talks about many of the little habits and things that we can do to recover and be healthy and be able to be our best and focus on the best things at the right time. Because part of, part of this whole margin issue is sometimes we get so tired we just start to be less and less productive. So part of the ability to even find margin is our ability to learn these habits of recovery that help us be productive so we get things done, the important things done, more quickly, and we have time in life. Again, I want to invite you back as well next week. That's going to start in two weeks. I invite you back next week. Uh, Jeremy already said a little bit about it, but Daryl is going to be a fantastic person for you to come and experience. He was listed recently as one of the top uh, 20 people to influence uh, modern worship. 
uh, because of his influence in writing, his influence in his music style, and how he focuses it. And one of the special things for Wendy and I is that we we got to be on staff with him when he recorded his first album and wrote some of his most popular songs uh, back many years ago and when we were in the three O states ago in Oklahoma. So, So the application for today, this is what I want you to take away. We're in a summer of growing in prayer. And as part of that prayer, I want you to begin in your own time with him, in little moments, in large moments, when you spend time with him, to ask God to help you find room to breathe. To ask him to help you find time to make those family and friend memories that are really a rich part of life that he wants you to have. And to ask God to help you find margin so that you can begin to choose life and not just live life whipped around by busyness and everything that demands your attention. Finding room to breathe starts with holding on to Jesus, and we're going to end our service today celebrating communion, and I think it's a beautiful thing because it reminds us of what and who we hold on to. As we receive the bread, we're reminded that that the body of Jesus, through the body of Jesus, he, he is our example. That when we can look at him, we can, we can look at his, his strength, his clarity, and his kindness. And he invites us to imitate the way he lived in relationship with people. And, and his body also reminds us that he took our punishment. He took our punishment so that we can even have hope of finding healing from all the pain, all the difficulty, all the wounds that we have. And as we receive the, the cup, it, it's reminiscent of his blood. We remember his blood, and we hold on to the fact that he, he forgives us completely, fully. There's nothing in your life that he cannot, does not forgive. He forgives it all. And, and his commitment to that promise to give us life and to forgive us is absolutely reliable because he gave every last He held nothing back. He gave even his life to say, that's how good my promise is to you. These realities are the uh, the realities we hold on to first and foremost. That's the only reality that can help us reorient our lives by holding on to the Holy Spirit and being led by him and by Jesus and who we are. So let's pray. Lord, we ask that you would come to us this summer that as our hearts long for this room to breathe in this break, that you would give it to us. And, and, and Lord, as we, as we focus on growing in prayer this summer, that you would become more and more real to us, that we would be led more clearly by you each day, that we would find the peace of that and all that brings to us and our ability to say no to certain things and yes to other things because you're so clear and so good to us. Lord, would you come and bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon audio. If you are loving Quest podcast, let us know on Facebook or Twitter by using the hashtag GoToQuest. For more information about Quest, who we are and what we do, or if you would like to help support Quest financially, please visit us at GoToQuest.org. That's G-O-T-O-Quest.org. Stop.